Hello, and welcome to Women Developing Brilliance. I'm your host, Casey Rossi. It's my great pleasure to present interesting stories of creative women sharing their message and lighting up the world with their presence and offerings. Get ready to be inspired. You can learn more about creating a business that you love by visiting kcrossi.com. Enjoy! My guest today is Mia Hewitt. She is a best-selling author who helps purpose-driven entrepreneurs stop secretly struggling and live in alignment with their dreams so they can scale to six and seven figures the fast way. Mia is the founder of Aligned Intelligence, a methodology that removes all blind spots, fear, anxiety, and self-doubt. Mia has co-owned and operated seven-figure businesses, is an international speaker, and a world-class business coach. Stick around because she's also being super generous and giving you an opportunity to get your hands on her free best-selling book, Meant for More. You will hear how eloquent and wise Mia is in our conversation. I thoroughly enjoyed it. I know you will too. Mia, thank you so very much for being a guest on the show. I'm really looking forward to diving in this conversation with you. Oh, thank you so much for having me. It's great to be here. Yeah, absolutely. So tell us a little bit about your work and how you got to this point. I know it's been a journey. Mm. <laughs> yes. So let's see, the fastest way I can, I've been an entrepreneur 31 years. So I'm going to, I'm going to make this a really quick journey for the listeners so that I can really give the most value that I would want to know if I was someone who's been an entrepreneur less than 31 years. But basically in a nutshell, I grew up poor and then I made a decision during, I think it was like 13 years old and my dog had died because our house was so infested with fleas that they literally sucked the blood out out of him. So I remember like making a decision that I didn't know what I was going to do, but I was not going to be poor for the rest of my life. Like I just remember making that decision at 13. I went to work and I ended up building a multi-million dollar insurance company. And where the story goes in my journey is I couldn't understand how I could be so successful and still feel completely inadequate, still feel like I hadn't arrived or that I thought when I, because I I was always linking in my mind that the reason I was the way I was or felt not good enough or felt like, you know, I was always afraid of doing something wrong. I always thought it was because I was poor. And then once I became wealthy, I didn't understand how I could still have those same feelings. So basically I went on this rampage of, you know, working with the best and the best in the industry. I've spent about a half a million dollars of working with the top of the top. And what I found was, and and this is not a judgment in any way. What I found though, is they, at the end of the day, they would just, it was basically, they would be like, well, just think differently. And I really struggled with that, Casey. It was like, well, if I could just think differently, wouldn't I do that by now? Like, I didn't really, you know, I was like, I'm not dumb. Like, I really get that. But I really struggled because it didn't feel like it was anything that I was feeling didn't feel like it was rational or logical. Have you ever felt that way? Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, no doubt. Absolutely. And so like- I mean, thank you so much for sharing that. I, I do want to just pause you there because it's such a, it's an interesting, I don't want to say like rags to riches, but it really is. I mean, coming from nothing and going into multi-millions mm-hmm. and then getting to that point yeah. of feeling like, wait, mm-hmm. I, I thought I arrived, something is missing. Yeah. And so before yes. we continue on, I do 
do want to ask you, what do you think, what quality did you bring from your childhood and that upbringing into your daily business world? Well, I think the biggest thing is because I was such a child that constantly questioned like, why? Why are we poor and other people are wealthy? What is it about them that they have money and we don't? Like we were good people. So like I was always wanting to understand the reason why. (laughs) That would probably be, I think that's what has me so successful is because I was willing to go down those rabbit holes and find out what that really is and really face anything that was there in order to have what I want. So do you feel that that curiosity kind of took you from surviving to thriving? Oh, a hundred percent. A hundred percent. Although I will say it wasn't a straight line because I really went to all these really well-known experts. And when they said, well, just think differently, it, it blew my mind. And I was like, it kind of felt like to me, this is just my own experience. It felt like the Wizard of Oz. And then all of a sudden you're like, what do you mean? There's just a man with a boat. You know, it's like, what are you talking about? And, and I didn't <laughs> get it at first, to be honest. I was just like, what is happening here? So it was for me, it was, a, that was really, it took this one very famous person saying to me, because I, I'm really coachable. So I, I did everything they told me to do. And it took him literally being so frustrated with me and telling me, you know, Mia, you just need to go in your room and lock the door and not come out until you figure this out. That was like the greatest gift that ever happened to me because I was so pissed off. I couldn't imagine that I could be the anomaly. I'm not that special. Like I couldn't believe that I'm the only person that could possibly struggle with this. So I just didn't understand what was happening. And, And that caused me to just become so determined to find out what this is. It took me six years because I didn't have a mentor to show me what this was. It took me six years to uncover the trap, but I have uncovered it all. Like I understand now everything. I understand everything about how the world really works, not how we think it works. I understand how we work as a human being, not how we think we work as a human being. I understand how to work with the world so that we can achieve anything we want. It really is an incredible journey. Does that make any sense? Yeah. You know, it's so very interesting because what's coming to mind, and I would love to hear your riff on this, for someone that has invested a half a million in personal development and top coaches, the first thing that's coming to mind is looking outside of ourselves for the answer. Does that resonate to what arose for you? A hundred percent. So that's what I like inside. And that's why I wrote the book, right? The book, the reason I wrote the book meant for more, how to stop secretly struggling and become a force to be reckoned with is because I wanted, now that I know everything and I've, I've worked with hundreds of people to help them the same, I wanted everybody to know the truth about how things really work. And it's exactly what you're pointing at where it wasn't outside of me, it was definitely within me, but where I'm, where the difference is, is in finding how it all happened. You see, I didn't get, and this is so, many of my clients feel this way. Like I remember when this first Peter came to me, he wrote me this email, read the book and said, you know, Mia, I'm 59 years old. 
surely shouldn't I be feeling like I all my childhood issues are you know resolved by now? Isn't there a time limit when we we have to stop looking to blame somebody about our decisions? <laughs> and he said, you know, I really felt like you know I hit a roadblock though. That he said he had made success, built some things, and then lost money. And then he said, it seems like with all these obstacles that keep happening, people saying one thing, doing another, backing out, leaving you high and dry. He's like, I've had this success and it causes you when you keep hitting these brick walls over and over again, to take a step back and go, where have I gone wrong? The common thing is to think maybe there's somebody or something that's deciding for us. And so he said, right. And so he said, I have read hundreds of self-help books about positive thinking. And I don't write about positive thinking, but he said about positive thinking and being gatekeepers to your thoughts. He said, but this was the first time when I read your book that I wrote and the author, because he said, what you've written seems to have resonated somewhere deep inside of me that I can't access. It's like something's hidden, like it's trying to remember a dream which slips away the moment you try and recreate it. And this is why, because I'm in my book, I help people go back and find exactly the missing link. You see, the truth is, Casey, that I would have never linked in my 40s that what happened to me at five years old, my very first trauma, would ever still be what was causing me to feel the way I was feeling in my 40s. Would you? Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. So share with me a little bit about the philosophy of meant for more. Yeah. It's really inside of helping people go back and realize that nothing is happening to them. Everything is actually coming from within their own perception. So meaning the biggest thing that we don't realize is that perception, right, is perception. It's subjective. It's not in the situation or the circumstance. It's the way the person is viewing it. Well, how did we come to that? <laughs> right? Yeah, if I absolutely. have three of, right? I have three other sisters and the same parents. And if you ask all four of us how our childhood was, we'll give you four different answers. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. Right? It's so very powerful and you're right. Those childhood occurrences and what we've lodged in our unconscious mind dictate our actions. So, I would yes. love it if you could share a tip or two on how people can break free and live in an unmasked, aligned way. Yes. Well, the fastest way is going to actually be to read the book. It actually shows you how to uncover your trap. The day you made those exact decisions, I'm going to show you how to do it. But here's what I would give as an actual tip for like, give them something tangible right away. Cause that's a little bit more involved, sure. but here's what I would give right away. The first thing we want to do is stop framing all problems as statements. Like anytime you hear yourself saying a problem as a statement, as that's just the way it is, we want to pause and pull back and really be an observer of that. Because what happens is when we do that, when we have a habit of framing problems as like, that's just the way it is, is about me. Doesn't everybody have problems? No, actually, that's not true. Not everybody does have problems. What? What do you mean? Like when we believe that everybody is supposed to have problems, it tricks the brain into believing it's a fact. 
which when we believe yes. that as a fact causes us to react, causes us to do negative behaviors, causes us to make poor decisions, right? Because it tricks our brain into mm-hmm. thinking that it's true instead of us discovering what the solution would be. So instead of framing problems as statements, the best advice I could give someone to have an immediate result is to start asking yourself, whenever you hear yourself like, oh, this is so frustrating that I don't have this or this isn't happening, to stop, pause, and ask yourself, well, how could I have blank so that I could blank, right? And do a brain dump. Yeah, I love that. That's and just so powerful. Yeah. So powerful. Yeah. Coming from that growth mindset and that solution-based mm-hmm. orientation is, it's incredible. And it, yeah, it has a lot of great long-lasting results. Mia, I'm curious, mm-hmm. since you kind of are an expert of not only becoming a phoenix rising from your personal struggles, but helping hundreds of thousands of people in their mm-hmm. own struggles. Why do you think we struggle in secret? Okay. So here's what happened. And this is what I wish somebody would have told me a long time ago. This is what I mean inside of the basis of the book. So what happened is when a child is born, when a baby is born, we completely know we're enough. We are only love. We believe the world is for us. Everything is for us. We believe everything is for us, right? So we have a harmony to us. We believe there's a total trust in ourselves, others in the world. There's no, nothing to say different than that. And then we'll go through life as a child, as a very young age, playing and imagining and like really believing like everything is for us. And then something will happen. Something will happen. This is an experience that we didn't see coming before that we never even knew it could happen. And it shocks us, startles us, causes us to begin to question. And we internalize it as children because prior to the age of seven, we don't have a conscious mind. We only have a subconscious mind. So we take whatever happens to us because all of these traumas happen before the age of eight. We will take them and Mm -hmm. we will make internalize it to make it mean something about us. So we often think in our society that in order to have a trauma, it must mean that we must have had something really severe, right? Like we either had to be severely molested or almost beaten to death. And I'm not saying those aren't traumas. Those are definitely traumas. But I'm saying it can be even also something that we don't think of as a trauma is where we have a parent who's extremely moody. And we have to walk around on eggshells and try to be perfect. Or it could be we were going along and thinking the world was our oyster. And then we come up and we hear our parents arguing and they're getting a divorce. And we internalize it to mean something about us. Like there must be something wrong with me for them to not want to stay together. Or it'll be something simple. Like it doesn't have to be big. It can be a grandmother says to us, you don't deserve Kool-Aid. You need to go drink water from the hose outside. Or it can be, you know, you're so excited (laughs) because like, do you see how simple these are? They're not anything big, right? Oh, they are. And we all have those. And it's so very interesting how the young, impressionable mind can put Mm -hmm. on its own meaning. And I know you're a mindset girl. And so I'm going to toss you a question because what I end up seeing, despite people's best intentions, especially when they come to coaches where, or multiple coaches, right? Where they, Mm -hmm. they're ready. They're they're, there. At least they think they're ready to invest. They Mm want to get past the pain or struggle and they want to get to the other side. However, 
And you've probably seen this in your years of experience. Many times they're not really willing to let go. My question to you is, can you talk about secondary gain when people like that get into a pattern of blaming the past and have a difficult time releasing that victim mentality? So for me, like, you know, because I really, all of mine, I'm kind of, I kind of hit that head on even before I agreed, you know, to work with them in my small group. I kind of really hit that because they have to be willing to give up control. See the ego, when that trauma happens, when they're four, this all happened to all of us. We made a decision about ourselves, others, and the world. And then what's happening is the way the mind works is we made those decisions that came really quick and they were all emotional, right? So it's an emotional experience. It's in the body. And then the mind will get on board and go, okay, nobody can know this about me, right? Because I must be this. I must be, you know, not good. And I must be something wrong with me. I must not be likable. I'm not, I must not be lovable. And then it goes to bat to be like, I can never let anyone see that. So then it goes into the defense of needing to be right to control everything. Mm. So to answer your question about secondary gain, once and through what I'm taking them through, we're going to unravel all that. So it's going, you're going to have to really face yourself. But here's what people don't realize. The fear and where the turning point is, to answer your question also, where the turning point is, is when the pain of what they desire for is greater than the fear of change, Mm. they let go. So one of the things, because there is a benefit, you are right, they are getting something. So one of the things I like to ask them is what are you resisting, feeling, thinking, or being? If you were to be successful, whose love are you afraid of losing? Whose judgment, right? Like it's often inside of the feeling place first. The mind is going to hold on, but it's really in the feeling. So if we can get to what are you really resisting feeling? One of the things that I teach because I really want people to understand they're really not that fragile. Your ego is fragile. You are not. (laughs) <laughs> your ego is insecure. You're not. <laughs> yeah, that, was, that was really powerful. I'm going to reverse you to, for, to repeat that. Was it, what are you afraid of resisting being and feeling? What are you resisting feeling, thinking, or being? Oh, that's so good. Because mm-hmm. that alone, if they just sat in solitude and quiet and journaled on those three questions, it, yes. it would get juicy. Yes, it really does because it'll show them everything they're really afraid of. I always tell people, you're not afraid of failure. People are not afraid of failure. That is like the biggest croaks because that's just a symptom. You're afraid of what people will think about you if you fail. Mm, Yeah, That's very different, right? So whose judgment are you most afraid of? That's what you're holding on to. Or they're holding on to in that need to control because it's an illusion of control. Can you really, really ever control anything? <laughs> right? Yeah, like try I mean, the, the harder you squeeze, the more it falls through your hands. There's just exactly, no doubt about that. Exactly. So there really isn't it's an illusion. It is an illusion. The ego is a false self. It isn't really real, but we created it. And I'm not blaming the ego because I know there's many books called The Ego is the Enemy. And I'm not blaming the ego. I actually believe, you know, since we created our own ego to survive life, it's not something that is, I don't look down on it. 
I actually feel like the more we can look lovingly at it, because we did create it, the more we don't judge it, the more we look lovingly at it, the quicker we rise. Did you ever just wish there was a group of high vibe women entrepreneurs that you could hang out with? A place where you could share your wins, get a biz question asked, and be around people that just get you. Well, there is my friend. It's my Women Developing Brilliance Facebook group. I created a place on the web where like minds and open hearts could continue the conversations that we start here on the podcast. Fulfill your desire to develop friendships with women from around the globe, women who are on the solopreneur journey just like you. Now more than ever, we are craving authentic connections. Believe me, your voice matters, your work matters, and having the support of a close-knit community can make all the difference in the world. So head over to Facebook and go to facebook.com slash groups slash Women Developing Brilliance and request to join my private Women Developing Brilliance Facebook group, the gathering place for heart-centered female entrepreneurs looking to create an impact, increase their income, and connect deeply with themselves and others in the process. I can't wait to welcome you in my Women Developing Brilliance Facebook group, where you'll be encouraged to introduce yourself, ask a question, and meet other ambitious lightworkers just like you. Again, it's facebook.com slash groups slash Women Developing Brilliance. I'll catch you there. Talk to me a little bit about we created the ego. I've never heard that, so I'm interested in your take on that. So back when we, so inside of this example of, and I'm going to use the one just popped in my head because I just, one of the women in my group right now. So when she was four years old, four or five, she's an only child. Everything, she had the best parents, greatest childhood, everything's great. You know, she just loved loving life, trusted herself, trusted others, trusted the world. And her mom is like, oh, there's a new neighbor next door. There's a little girl. She can't wait to meet you. Let's go meet her. And she had already imagined, oh, they're going to be best friends. There's going to be somebody to play with. She goes downstairs and she goes over to the neighbor's house and the little girl wouldn't come out from behind the boxes. That's all that happened. But she made it mean, oh, I must not be likable. People don't like me. Mm -hmm. Right? She had never had that experience before. She made it mean other people aren't going to like her either. So she needed to prove to people because she had to persuade, you know, tried to persuade her for a long time and it never worked. She needed to, you know, so her whole life, she's been valedictorian, the best of class. She's a top salesperson in everything she does. She's never gone out on her own as an entrepreneur, right? Until she came to me because she couldn't get beyond somebody not telling her what to do because she didn't believe in herself to create it herself. That, you know, I see that pattern so often and I know that you teach how to have unshakable self-esteem. Can you just give us a sneak peek or one secret of that formula? Because I see this holding back female entrepreneurs day in and day out. And a lot of our listeners are women in business. They're, they're either starting out or they're still they're looking for momentum, but something inside is still keeping them 
playing small, and it usually has to do with crippling self-doubt. Can you give us a little secret on how to get yeah. unshakable self-esteem? Yes. Yeah, so and I'm going to give you that. I just want to answer your original question because I hate that I didn't answer it. Let me just tell yeah, you the absolutely. answer. And then I'm going to answer yours. But you asked me originally, so when did we create the ego? So when she was four to five, that day when we have our original trauma, that's the day we created our ego. So then she made a decision that there was something wrong with her and that's what creates her self-doubt. So to answer the reason why people are like, I can't put my finger on it. Like it's this, like this, something's hidden. Like I'm trying to remember it, but it like something slips away. You know, like I can't really quite recall why this is, why do I feel this way? It's always linked to your original trauma. What there really is to do now going to unshakable self-esteem, what there really is to do is that's why I heal the emotional experience that they had at whatever the age it was. So it's completely custom to them. I heal that first. Once we heal that, so inside of the answer of how do you have unshakable self-esteem, once you go back and really heal that, you really change the entire emotional set point of who you are being or who you are as a being, Mm -hmm. right? Because you've just changed the way that the reason why people have a hard time finding this is there's so many misunderstandings, but one of them is, is we think that the past is actually an actual place when in truth, that's an illusion. There is no such thing as a past and there's never a future. That's why nobody ever sees it. So if time, if that doesn't really exist, even though we're taught it does, what's really happening is you're just, when you recall that from memory, that image, you're just recalling it and bringing it into the now every single time. But if you don't change that emotional set point that got created in the body, it wasn't in the mind. All behaviors are emotional. They're not intellectual. It's yeah, I not totally in the mind. agree with that. I mean, it brings... It brings to mind Eckhart Tolle's The Power of Now and really busting that illusion of past and future. And so that makes clear sense. And it also feels a little bit like when your coach said, just change the way you think. You know, because we're so ingrained, exactly like you said, pulling up that root cause of trauma, we're really grained, you know, like we're making new neural pathways that are just like causing the car to keep going to that same direction and we can't get out of our own loop. So how can we, even in this moment, without having to go through like a process and maybe we can't, so you just be straight up with me, is there something that we can do to flip the script on our own? Other than healing, no. That's why it's not just in the mind. It's in the emotions. And if we don't heal that emotion that happened at four, it literally will stop us every single time in a self-sabotaging loop. That's the reason why we run self-sabotaging loop patterns to begin with, right? To answer your question though, as far as, well, then what is an unshakable self-esteem? Because I really do love your question. And we have to first understand that self-esteem, To in order to even understand self-esteem, we have to understand who the self is. Mm-hmm. We have to understand self. And if you don't know your ego from who you really are, if you don't have that as a contrasting point, like who you are from who you're not, then how can you possibly be self-aware? How can you possibly know your self-worth? And how can you possibly self-praise yourself? 
Mm-hmm. Well, absolutely, because we're also taught that to self-praise, we're egotistical. So there's messages coming in, you know, like- Well, I love that one. So I want to I address that one because that was a really good one because I get that all the time, even when they got to see their ego and everything and they realize that's not the ego. But I want to address that because that's where that actually comes from is when we're being raised as children, our parents will often, you know, they learned it from their parents and their parents learned it from their parents. So it's a generational thing. But what they'll often do is say, stop thinking of yourself and do what I want you to do which is in turn really selfish as as well, right? Mm. Because as soon as we say, stop thinking of yourself, the truth is none of us can really think from without being the filter of who we see ourselves or think we are. The truth. We cannot see other than the filter that we have. So the truth is when it comes to stop being selfish, it would be more accurate to say that when we are in ego, which is where we are completely in a perception of reality, meaning we don't have the ability to see or empathize with anyone else, mm-hmm. then of course, there's inside of that ego way to survive, that would be surviving, right? Because we're not empathetic to what's going on in our environment or what's going on around us. Yes, it could be the ego is then selfish, but the ego is always selfish because it's all about self-preservation. Sure, so, it's the so that makes right, total sense. Right. The, the fascinating thing to me about being an entrepreneur is this, and I say this to people all the time and it always blows their mind, but it's like the truth about being an entrepreneur, a very successful one, is you have to be selfish enough. And I don't mean the ego kind. I mean, really reflect enough about yourself and what really matters to you and what is a win-win for you that you would love to help people, a problem that they, you would like to solve. You have to be selfish enough to go into business for yourself, but then your rest of your entrepreneur life in that business, you have to be selfless to make it all about your ideal client. Yeah, it can absolutely. No longer be about you. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, you're you're bringing yourself fully to the table, but in a manner of selfless service. And I think that's yeah. so very interesting because I think that that you know could dovetail a whole other conversation on seeing sales as service which I think is another stumbling block, especially for female entrepreneurs, because there are, again, those emotional connotations that are wrapped around selling Mm -hmm. and Mm self-promotion that I really think that what you're sharing about self-esteem could really help dissolve. Totally. Once we understand who the self is, and then we can have the contrast between my ego and who I really am. Now I have choice because the greatest thing is the power of choice. When I, I don't have an inner critic voice anymore. It doesn't run. I don't have that voice. And I used to struggle with it for my entire, you know, years and years, my entire life, I had that voice. But I, it actually goes away when we heal it. And then we understand how to operate from our aligned self instead of our ego. It literally is the greatest freedom that everybody's really looking for, and they don't know they're looking for it. Oh my gosh, I can't even imagine if there, you know, was a a switch that you could flip that would tone down those automatic negative thoughts. I read studies where there's tens of thousands of these ants, these automatic negative thoughts on a daily basis, and the majority of those are the same as the day before. So I can see why these deep mm-hmm. grooves, like mm-hmm. you alluded to before, have these very 
annoying self-sabotaging loops. Mm -hmm. So how powerful and priceless it would be to snip that loop. A hundred percent. That's why it is the greatest work we could ever do because the return on investment, because at the end of the day, I am like the bridge between the spiritual and the practical, right? Because I built a multi-million dollar business. I'm building another one online now. And I really get what it takes to grow your business and be so successful. And so the thing to me though, is how great is success if you don't feel any freer? Oh yeah, absolutely. Right? I've already done that. I'm telling you, it's not great. <laughs> right. But yes. I, I think there's, that for, yeah, go ahead. What were you going to say? Oh, no, no. I was just going to say, I just got off a client session this morning, and um, my coach is a life and leadership coach. Mm-hmm. Or my client is a life and leadership coach. And we were really digging into her ideal client. And everything that you just mentioned, that's literally her target audience are people that are successful. They've been able to generate finances and they still feel empty and wondering why they didn't feel like they arrived. What's the next level? Once they hit yes. that benchmark, they keep looking for something else. And I think it's really interesting because there's a lot of different listeners here and you have some that are still trying to like grind their way up to six figures. And then you have some that are beyond. And it's, it's always that grass is always greener kind Mm -hmm. of approach. And Mm -hmm. so like the startup is like, oh my gosh, if I could just make 150,000 a year, I would be set. And then Mm -hmm. the person that's at that level is saying, wait, I don't feel any, like, where's the joy? Where's the Mm -hmm. freedom? Where are those core values? So it is a really, I love the fact that you're really talking about personal power and talking that we, we are increasing choices and how we determine our mind every single day is going to be what is the outcome, the feeling outcome, the emotional outcome, which is really what we're all looking for. It's not the, the numbers in the bank account. Exactly. And we can have both, but we will be much better. We will enjoy them much more, the money in the bank account, when we have the emotional alignment we're really looking for. I think what, what you're nailing there, which is beautifully said, is I really see it more as this is what people, they often don't, I don't have this quite, but what it is that you're really nailing inside of that is success is actually not a finish line to be crossed. Mm, It's really a lifestyle to be lived. So success inside of what I'm talking about as a lifestyle to be lived is really the journey of one's own self-mastery. And there's just no finish line. There's no end to self-mastery. I think Michael Jordan said it best. You know, I remember Tony Robbins interviewing him and he said, you know, and he's, you know, Tony asked him, why are you so great? Like, I mean, what makes you so great? You've just been incredible. And he said, well, Tony, I know you're going to get this. Most people don't get this, but the truth is everybody else was competing against me, Mm. but I was only ever competing against myself. That's beautiful. I love that. That's like a chill quote. That is amazing. And in that, because I'm a huge believer of Kaizen philosophy, which is that never ending improvement. I'm so curious how you stop and smell the roses and celebrate those benchmarks. So we're not just continually competing against ourselves. I love that. And so here's how I do it. I actually don't view the things that I want as goals. As soon as we have it as a goal, we put it outside of ourselves as something to achieve, right? Here we go again, something to get to, right? And it's actually not that way. In fact, I do the opposite. So when I'm wanting to reach my, whatever that next level of that is, I create it as a vivid vision. 
And then I live in the being of that, the thinking and the feeling and the being of that. And then I take actions from inside of that way of being. And all of my decision-making is coming from inside of it. So there's this always wonderful place of feeling appreciation for everything that is as I'm eagerly anticipating what's next. Yeah, I love that. And our mind has no sense, no feeling. So you bring those emotions to the table and it's just going to believe it to help you achieve it. I love that philosophy. A hundred percent. A hundred percent. So there is no, I'm never living without something feeling. I'm never living with there's something missing. And to me, inside of like what we're all looking for, oftentimes we think, you know, inside of security, we always think, oh, but Mia, like I, I have people constantly say, but what about security? Like, and I said, the truth is you will only ever feel as safe and as confident to the degree that you believe you're capable. Mm. Oh, that's you don't, good. you don't have to, you don't need to know how you're going to do something, but you must decide that you are capable. And when you make that decision that you're capable, even though you don't know how, the way of how will reveal itself. Yes, I'm a firm believer. I agree with you. We are totally on the same page. I love that. It, it does bring to mind one of the Tony Robbins exercises where he has you kind of visualize in just a hope you know, status. And then he has you visualize like one of your dreams in a faith status, like in a knowing status. Mm -hmm. And it's like a completely different feeling when you go through that. And it just like brings to mind everything that you're talking about. Well, Mia, this has been such a pleasure. You are such an elegant Mm -hmm. and grounded speaker. I can really feel your wisdom of your experiences coming through. And I very much appreciate your openness and your vulnerability. One, how can people get a hold of you? Sure, absolutely. Well, I want to give them a free gift just for, you know, just for your listeners. They can go to miameantformorebook.com. Nice. Yep. They can get my free. That's the only place you can get my book for free. Just the password put in free book and they'll be able to download it instantly for free. They can also go to Mia Hewitt, dot com. They can reach me there. You can personally send me a, any kind of question you have, as well as I'm the one always answering all the comments on Facebook and on Instagram. I'm not my team. My team doesn't answer anything. So I'm really the one you're going to communicate with. Um, I'm really approachable. People are always shocked. They're like, it's you. It's not your team. I'm like, I know. That's fabulous. (laughs) difference. It's a a real gift. Thank you for that. My pleasure. My pleasure. Yeah, absolutely. And share with us a little bright light wisdom, even though this whole episode I feel has been very illuminating. It's really going to help our listeners take control of their life and step into their personal power. But as we wrap up, What would you like to share a little bright light wisdom? The thing that comes to me is persistency, especially in the time we're in. The truth about persistency is you only want to be persistent with the things that you're getting a result from. So not being persistent with repeating things you're not getting a result from. So really clarifying that for yourself, really defining where your results are coming from and doing more of those things. Absolutely. Oh, that is excellent. I love it. Mm. Mia, thank you so very much. It's been a real pleasure. My pleasure. Thank you so much. Yes. Bye-bye. Bye. I hope you enjoyed today's episode on women developing brilliance. If so, head on over to Apple iTunes and subscribe to this podcast. And 
I'd be grateful if you could leave a review or rating so more people can benefit from these inspirational stories about the solopreneur journey. Thank you.